his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stoles. Welcome to Issues 2019. Thank you, sir. Good to have you with us. Good to You've be been here. county manager now for several weeks. Mm-hmm. You also served as interim manager for a time. How do you like your job so far? It's, it's, it's a great job. I have uh, work for good people, and we have a good county. All right. That's pretty simple. Um, tell us about your background. Uh, where are you from? Well, uh, uh, Steve, I grew up in uh, Sedgwick County. Uh, I grew up on a small family farm uh, in between Colwich and Mays in the northwest part of the county. And uh, uh, went to high school here locally, um, uh, left for a brief period of time to go to college and actually came back to Newman University and got a bachelor's degree there. Uh, joined the police department in 1982 and spent uh, 31 years on the Wichita Police Department and retired from there in 2012 uh, and went to become the um, code department manager for the city and the county. It was a newly merged uh, department and I went to take that role on in 2012 Moved over to public safety uh, in the county uh, a few years after that, then was moved over to deputy county manager, and here I am today. I'm the county manager. When you were in the police department, were you a detective? Did you start at the bottom and go to the top? Started at the bottom. Was a line officer for a few years, then was promoted to detective and actually did uh, undercover narcotics work for about two years. Uh, and then just promoted up the ranks to lieutenant captain, uh, and I retired as a as a deputy chief. Anybody there that uh, who was a mentor to you, uh, a mentor, somebody who helped you along in your early career? Oh, I mean, I, Mike Watson was. Uh, I mean, I, I was as I promoted up. I worked for. I mean, Lemonian hired me, so yeah. I always viewed Richard Lemonian as a mentor and the kind of uh, police officer I aspired to be. He still mentors me today. He's the administrator of Mays and a good man, and uh, so he he's had impact on my life. Okay. You took the job, frankly, amid some controversy with some criticism of your predecessor's management, but what's your management style going to be, Tom? Well, the, there's, it's a, I'm a situational leader, um, and when we manage, um, we have to first worry about the organization, uh, the county organization, and, and the most important people in that organization are the half a million people in Sedgwick County. Um, but we also have to manage our, our personnel. Sedgwick County is a, is a large employer. We have over 2,800 employees. And we have uh, five elected Board of County Commissioners. But what makes county government a little bit unique is um, we have independent elected offices, a sheriff, a district attorney, a treasurer, clerks, and deeds. And we have an appointed elected election commissioner and an appointed appraiser. So to manage in that kind of environment, uh, and I'm not sure manager is the right word. It's more of a collaborator and a communicator and somebody that can um, get diverse people into a room and solve a problem. That, that's interesting because I, I think people talk about the district attorney. They assume that that's somebody who works for Sedgwick County. Well, he, they, they do work for Sedgwick County, but Mark Bennett is an independent elected official. When you go to the polls every four years, you vote for a district attorney. And so Mark has uh, some independence. Um, we all rely on the same... 
um, funding, though, for our operations, so uh, property taxes and grants and other things that roll into the county, we all have to operate from that same pool. So there is, it's mandatory collaboration, and we are very blessed in Sedgwick County to have really good elected officials who, who work well together. Uh, Mark Bennett being one of them, and uh, and we that's how we operate. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, you you brushed on this a moment ago about the scope of the manager's job. How many employees do you have, and and how how do you uh, give us a little bit on the structure? The X number of employees, so many departments. Tell us sure. about that a little bit. Well, county's very diverse. Uh, we we actually have it split into uh, four main divisions. There's uh, public safety, which is the most uh, visible part of county government. Uh, that includes your fire department. Um, 911, the whole corrections entity, forensic science, and so there's this entire public safety component. Uh, then you have public works, which is also a very visible component, which is all of our roads and bridges and infrastructure. Uh, public services uh, is uh, mental health and uh, 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 general health services, aging, uh, disability, so that's that's an entire division, and then you need that division that kind of runs it all, which is general government, which is our finance and HR, IT services. So that's kind of how we have the have the the county split, and then you have the independent elected offices, which dovetail into that. So it's uh, we have 42 divisions, uh, or I'm sorry, 42 departments, um, and we have these independent elected offices. So it's a very unique uh, government environment. Whoa, <laughs> I guess so. Now when you have a when you have a, a meeting uh, once or twice a week, uh, how many people are in that meeting? With, I'm, I'm not talking about the county commission meeting. No, we you have probably a, have organizational. Yeah, meeting. no, we have we have a we call it a board of county commission staff meeting every Tuesday, and that is a time for all of us to sit together and just talk about issues, maybe review what's going to be on the agenda in the upcoming weeks, and that that's a room full of people uh, because all of the elected bodies show there. Sheriff has a representative. Um, Clerk and treasurer deeds all have representatives there, so it's a room full of people. But it's a good session; they're all good people. How big's your annual budget? Um, the county overall is, runs in excess of four thirty-four forty million, um, and that's everything from uh, tax-funded entities to grants. And uh, the the county government is the next rung after state government, so we do a lot of operations. Uh, with the state of Kansas and actually give services on behalf of the state of Kansas within the county. So there's a budget stream um, um, coming in from the state of Kansas also, but all total uh, about $440 million. How, how long has that been the last, the last few years? Has it been going up? Uh, well, no, everybody's struggling budget-wise, and it's it budget season again for us. And, um, and of course, we we're aware of the budget situation in the state of Kansas. So uh, as a county government, we have to sit kind of right in the middle, and we have to watch what happens at the state level and uh, what happens with their with their budget situation and their challenges. And to a, maybe a lesser degree, the federal budget, and uh, because we do have some federal grants rolling in, and then we have to manage our own county budget, which is our property tax and tax funded um, uh, items that come in. So it's a it's a we have a very talented finance department um, who can manage all of this and uh, keep it transparent, keep it open to the public so they know how we're operating. What do you see as maybe the two or three biggest challenges uh, for the county in the near future? Well, we have a lot of challenges. Um, uh, You know, back in the 90s and and even into the 80s, uh, where we started to define terms such as uh, alcohol fetal syndrome and crack babies and all that kind of vernacular was invented, um, the people that we were describing at that time, those children, are now adults. And so we're seeing 
tremendous challenges in the areas of public and mental health. Um, and our public safety component is, is strapped and I'm everything from 911 to the sheriff's office to the district attorney, they're all uh, very busy and, uh, and, and and unfortunately business seems to be getting better. So I, I, one of our huge challenges in the future is how we're gonna manage all this with, with a limited amount of resource, how we provide the best mental health uh, in this community and try to keep people who are struggling with that uh, diagnosis out of our jail, which is where they don't believe, and get them into a into a system that will help them. So I would say mental health and, and public safety is our, our number one um, challenge. Um, we have infrastructure issues as well. We, uh, we've had some efforts. We're trying to um, improve the uh, what we call the North Junction, which is where I-235 and I-35 and everything kind of merges together there. Yeah. It's, a, it's a traffic nightmare in Wichita. And uh, so just from a safety standpoint, we need to do something about that. And more generally, it's, it's a pipeline into the city, into the region from the north. So there's an economic development component to it as well. So we're trying to do something with state of Kansas uh, and federal government to try to get a remedy for that solution. And then just the maintenance of all of our bridges and roads in the, in the county, the expectation from the citizens is that they have nice roads to drive on and, and, and safe roads to drive on. So we, uh, that, it's a challenge to keep that infrastructure up. So that's, that's a challenge. Um, Everything in budget right now as we as we roll uh, into this season of budget. And, of course, the municipalities are going through the same process right now. And the state of Kansas is already their, – their budget cycle runs um, July 1st to June 30, so they've already had budget talks and are still trying to formulate uh, their upcoming budget. And it, at the end of the day, it always uh, is you have a, a tremendous amount of ask and a tremendous amount of need from the public and a very limited resource because we try to keep our taxes as low as we can in this region. And to just try to make all that fit is, is very challenging. Let's uh, flesh the, the mental health part out a little bit because okay. I, I do these interviews once a week uh, with community leaders. And one thing we're seeing, uh, I'm hearing from law enforcement people and uh, educators and people like that there are folks out there who are on the streets now uh who years ago they had with those problems they didn't go out in the street we didn't see them they were institutionalized someplace or or whatever and uh, don't you have an idea about possibly doing a facility for them here yes tell Um, tell me about that if you go back and i guess i'm so old i remember the history um there used to be state institution state hospitals to help people long-term i'm talking about long-term mental health care and slowly over time they have been degraded and and shut down and so what's happening today is we're seeing all of these issues on our streets and 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 in our neighborhoods um and unfortunately what happens many of the times when uh people are having those types of challenges they commit uh, crimes, many times minor, sometimes major. We've had homicides uh, that have happened because of, of mental health issues. And the people who are um, committing those crimes or who are suffering from that end up in uh, Sheriff Easter's jail. And everybody, every expert that you talk to, from law enforcement to mental health professionals, will tell you that is the wrong place to have um, the, uh, people like that uh, have to sit and, and endure the justice system. So one of the things that we had looked at was to have some type of a step-down process to where uh, maybe the person starts over at the jail. If they've committed a crime, they have to be accountable for it. But to get them out of that jail setting as soon as possible and into a professional care, a hospital care level uh, treatment facility, long-term or short-term. And so what we had talked with the state of Kansas about, there are are two state hospitals for um, 
mental health issues. Both, neither are close to the, this region. We have to travel our patients across the state to get there. So we had talked to the state about potentially putting a, uh, a, a state hospital here in Sedgwick County that could be regionally uh, uh, supported uh, by all of our Quad County partners in our, in our 10 county region here. And it would give us an option uh, for short-term care and long-term care and get people out of the jail and get them the long-term help they need to solve the problem. Because invariably what happens, and the sheriff will tell you this, or Chief Ramsey from Wichita will tell you, that you book those people in and within a few hours they're bonded out and they're committing crime again. And there's this nonstop, cyclical, costly, do-nobody-any-good scenario <laughs> that we have to try to um, stop this stop from happening. So we're in uh, discussions with the state right now. Senator McGann has uh, talked with us about it, and we've talked to a number of other legislators, and there's interest in doing it. It's just a question of what the budget will yield and, and when we can get it done. So that that's the discussion that's ongoing. It's very interesting. It would be uh, life-changing for people in this region if we can, if we can uh, bring it to fruition. Okay, switching gears a little bit, how do you and, and staff go about preparing background for the county commissioners so they can make informed decisions? Does all that come out in those the meetings you're talking about? Well, uh, each commissioner represents, a, you know, there's five, and, yeah. and uh, we have a half a million of people in Sedgwick County, so they each represent about 100,000 constituents. Um, and they're, they're unique individuals. They're all very passionate and good individuals. Or they're trying to improve the community, but they all have some differences. And so um, at the end of the day, what the challenge for staff is, is to present to all of them equally and equitably analysis and study uh, to whatever the issue is, whether we're talking about roads or economic development or mental health or public safety. We try to, prevent, to, to present all five of them with uh, an equal analysis so that they have all of the information they need to make an informed decision and vote on how to move forward with policy or how to move forward with budget expenditure. So uh, it's a challenge. They're all good people, but that's, I mean, that's a lot of fun of the job too. Uh, uh, all the analysis and all the study and, and working with these five uh, who also then have to work with city councils from all over the, all over the, uh, the county. Uh, we have 20 municipalities. Uh, of course, Wichita is the biggest city, so we, we spend a lot of time, and our commissioners spend a lot of time with their counterparts in the, in the city. So it's a very interesting environment. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stoles. Um, the county has been looking at wind and solar energy. What, what have you found out so far, Tom? Well, Steve, um, this got on our radar uh, a few months ago, and actually uh, Chairman Dennis, uh, Commissioner David Dennis, who represents uh, District 3 in Cedric County, which is the far west uh, part of the county, uh, became aware of some wind uh, turbines that were being proposed for western, or, I'm sorry, eastern Reno County in the Haven uh, region all the way south to as far as Cheney Lake. Uh, and, of course, that's right across county line, and it's a little bit of a concern for Sedgwick County because uh, the, the wind turbines that go up have to connect to an energy grid. And that energy grid, there are energy grid uh, uh, parcels in Sedgwick County where they have to run the lines to. So uh, uh, Chairman uh, went over to uh, Reno County and, and kind of just listened to the dialogue. And it's a very interesting issue. Now, and there's two, two sides to it. Uh, one is the the philosophical concept of wind and solar power to for our country uh, and for our world, and that is not the issue we are discussing here. I think all of us are understand that we need alternative energy sources to to maintain our quality of life in the United States of America and and, and the world. 
The issue is on a, on a micro level, land use. And where should these types of um, uh, apparatus be uh, placed? And so you'll notice up when you go to Salina, there's a huge field uh, to, the, to the east of Salina. And the question now for Reno and possibly for Cedric County is when you put those wind turbines in, they're several hundred feet high. They make a little bit of noise. Um, there's some uh, flicker effect when the blades are going around, the shadow effect that is disturbing to, to people and animals. Um, and how far and where should they be located or, or should they be located at all within Cedric County, which is basically an urbanized county and with a lot of airports and airspace, where should those go physically? And we have really no zoning code to address that. So the meetings that we're going to be having with the public in the future is not necessarily to talk about the rights or the wrongs of solar and wind power, because I think we all know that that's right. The question is, where should those be placed or should they be placed in Cedric County? And that's the discussion we'll be having over the next several weeks. Uh, the commission, oh, a, a month or two ago now, uh, in, a, in a Board of County Commission meeting, put a moratorium on any type of building of a solar field or a wind turbine placement in Cedric County for six months to give us time to properly uh, study this and analyze this. And uh, um, the, the, now we're into the, to the phase where we just want to listen to the public and we'll have a series of, of, of meetings and times for the public to weigh in on what they think. Let's talk about the county's emergency management work in the spring-summer storm season. Mm -hmm. uh, is the county well prepared for possible disaster, you think? We do. We have a, the, the Sedgwick County runs the emergency management component uh, for Sedgwick County, but there are a, a lot of partners that make that work. All the police departments, all the fire departments uh, work very well together, and we have a good relationship with the uh, uh, Kansas Department of Emergency Management where if the episode gets so large that even our resources can't handle it, that we can have other counties come in and help us and, and the state of Kansas. Uh, the springtime in Kansas is very interesting. Uh, for the last couple of years, actually, it's mostly been wildfires and grass fires that get out of control. Uh, we've gone as far away as Cherokee County to help them fight grass fires, and they would come and help us if we had the need. So we have this great relationship with our public safety officials all over the state to help each other out in the time of crisis. And then, of course, we always worry about the tornado uh, that comes through. And, and we are very fortunate in Cedric County. We have, uh, you know, City of Wichita is in the middle of this thing, uh, and all these municipalities have all this equipment. And individually, I think we're vulnerable, but when we work together, uh, I can't imagine a scenario where we would not be in great shape, and, and we, of course, all hope it doesn't happen. But if we have that huge storm or the, the huge hailstorm, the huge tornado, the fire, uh, our public safety officials are top-notch and will be, will be managing the situation. We've heard about challenges to hire detention officers, and for that matter, uh, maybe even the Central County Sheriff's officers. Uh, How's that going? Are we finding finding the people we need? It, I'll tell you, it's it's just tough across the board. Uh, uh, which, you know, there's an ebb and a flow. And right now in this region, uh, holistically, we have a worker shortage. Uh, you know, Spirit's hiring a lot of people. Uh, our, some of our medical components are hiring a lot of people. And Cedric County is a large employer, and we 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 hire a lot of people. Um, so across the board, everybody's struggling, and and and. Um, 
fighting to maintain workforce and bring workforce in. So that's why, you know, the concept of economic development and the concept of quality of life is very important because we want people to stay here that grow up here and we want people to move here because it's a great, great place to live and a great place to raise a family. So the sheriff's uh, feeling some of that fallout. Uh, his detention deputy shortage, I, I just talked with him yesterday. I think he's about 70 short. Uh, so he's looking for people, and we're trying to enhance that position through uh, many methods. Uh, uh, to try to look at the pay issue to, to pay them a wage that is comparable to uh, other types of positions around the state of Kansas. Uh, we try to give them a good work environment with great technology and camera systems so that they're protected and safe. Um, and but to, to answer your question directly, he's struggling right now. We're struggling to maintain a workforce, as uh, is this, the Kansas Department of Corrections and or other county jails around the region. So uh, anyone that wants to get involved, now that's actually a job that really isn't a job. It's more of a vocation. If you, you, There's an opportunity to help people and uh, get people through times in their life when you know they're not at their best, uh, and it's really, uh, it's really good work. Well, and those, uh, I can understand the challenges in those areas, law enforcement and detention. What about in the office? Are you having any, having any difficulty finding people to fill the jobs in, in the office space? Any, any, we're having trouble across the board finding qualified applicants to come in and work. Uh, the sheriff, I, I think, has the most critical need, but across the board, um, and, and Steve, we all know that government, uh, we try to work as lean as we can, uh, to some degree, those people that work in government has to be, have to be driven. They have to be driven to want to help people because you're never going to get rich when you work in, in, a, in a government environment either as a police officer or, or any other uh, uh, status. So you try to find the people that have this community drive, this, this heart in them that they want to serve people. Uh, and that's what keeps us afloat and why we have great employees today. But across the board, office staff, detention, uh, public safety, fire officials, it's a struggle right now. Let's talk a little bit about the budget. You, you brushed on this earlier, but uh, at this point, uh, are you looking to, will you need to increase the budget uh, in this year, or uh, is it going to stay the same? Are you looking for any tax increases, anything like that? I, I think there is no... I think there is no stomach for that. Um, the, the, the challenge in running government uh, and all the important things and life-changing things that we do is we also understand that is the people's money. Uh, and people, uh, um, I, I think there is no appetite in this community to raise taxes right now. I feel like we all think our taxes are high enough. So the challenge for us is how to manage that as efficiently and as, and as effectively as possible without raising taxes. So the direct answer to your question is this, this year, no, we're, we're, we're going for flat budget. We're, there's no tax increase on the horizon that I'm aware of. The commissioners make that decision or the city councils across the board make that decision. But our, our goal every year when we sit down as a staff, which we are in earnest doing right now, is to try to make it work on a flat budget and look for other efficiencies or technology or things that help us serve the community better. All right. Uh, what's, the biggest, what's the biggest challenge for you professionally in this job? Well, right now, because I'm so new, uh, and I, I, of course I, I'm an old, uh, as old as a boot here, I've been around forever, but uh, it's just getting used to the new role. Uh, we have two new commissioners in, uh, still getting used to their style of, of leadership and management, uh, and to just get all these pieces moving together. And the, and the biggest challenge for me personally right now is to go through this budget cycle and see all this need out there, see all this need across the board uh, of services that our citizens deserve and expect, 
and to try to figure out on a, on a fixed budget how we're going to make that all work. So over the next four to six months, that will by far be uh, my, my personal biggest challenge. What do you like most about it? About this job? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing from day to day. It's, every day is different. Uh, I'm sitting in Steve McIntosh's office today talking to him. That's pretty cool. Uh, and I, and I, I, I think I've got a schedule for the rest of the week, but it can change on a, on a, on a drop of a hat. So I love the uncertainty of it. I love the, uh, the, the dynamics of it. Uh, and I love working with people, and I love the community. So, you've already put in a good many years of public service, Tom, and it looks like you got a few years ahead. So, uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning, and uh, the best of luck with this thing where there's something new and different every day. I don't know that I can handle that. That's a little crazy. Ah, you could, Steve. It's, it's, it's all good. I don't think so. But anyway, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We've learned a lot this morning. Uh, That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. We'll be back next week. Our guest this week, County Manager Tom Stoles. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.